The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Green Scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. Now, in the green scene today, some unexpected pollinators, uh, but first, statistical reasoning as used by giraffes. We're joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Uh, What is this statistical reasoning? I know, statistics. And actually, it's surprising. We're all using statistics all the time, even if we don't know it. So we weigh up the options or the, the likelihood of different things happening. I mean, when you go to the supermarket, you probably don't just pick the shortest queue. You might take other things into account. And actually, just if you want to know, the maths is pick uh, the one with the, where, you know, if people have lots of the same item, that's much quicker. And one big trolley is quicker than lots of people with small numbers of items. But, okay. but we do that all the time. <laughs> and another place we might use sampling is if we're, if we're picking a packet of sweets and it has a transparent window. And if you really like orange sweets, but you don't really like green ones, you'll probably look in that little window. And if you see more orange sweets, you'll decide I'll buy that packet. because Even though there may be the same amount of each colour in the pack, as designated by the machine. But the little window, it's kind of random how much exactly. you, of each colour you and see. And what we're doing is something called relative sampling. That's what statisticians call it. So we're taking a little sample and we're basing our decision on that. And we know that other, this is very common in humans, even babies can do it. And we know that primates and other big-brained animals can do it too. But scientists weren't sure if maybe some smaller-brained animals could do it. And, and giraffes are a small-brained animal, even though we do think they could have some complex social behaviours and they may use emotions to inform their decisions. So researchers uh, set up an experiment where they gave giraffes the option to pick uh, food. And what giraffes really love is carrots and they're not so keen on courgettes. Okay. Um, so yeah. they were presented with two different transparent buckets of food. Uh, And there was different relative proportions of carrots and courgettes in the two buckets of food. And then a researcher would reach their hand into the bucket and they wouldn't let the giraffe see what they were taking out. And then they would offer their two hands, each with a piece of food from the two different buckets. And what the giraffes will consistently do is pick the hand where there is a greater likelihood of Of them getting a carrot. So they're not just counting the number of carrots, they're picking where the proportion of carrots is higher. Now, do they learn from their mistakes, I wonder? You know, if they consistently get a courgette when they thought they were going to get a carrot, they say, to hell with this for a game of soldiers. With these drafts, they were captive drafts, but they did seem to have this ability quite innately. And the researchers, of course, did control for different cues, like was the researcher giving them a cue that actually one hand was the one that was the one to pick from. So no, it does seem that they genuinely have this inherent ability. And it's not that surprising. I mean, if human infants have it, maybe we shouldn't be surprised that some of these you know, very advanced animals, albeit with much smaller brains than us, uh, can do it. Your next topic is about some unusual pollinators. Yeah, of course, we're all thinking about pollinators in the spring, but this is new research. We we were talking about glass frogs from South America last year, but these are the Isaacson's Brazilian tree frog. Uh, And these frogs, they, they live in Brazil in the forest, and when it's warm, they come out, and what they love is the fruit of the milk fruit tree, but they also love the nectar from the flowers. And they will crawl their little bodies deep into the flower. You will just see literally their, their bums sticking out from the yeah. flower. And they're they're drinking the nectar. They, the loads of them will crawl on the trees and they crawl from flower to flower. 
And for the first time, researchers can see that there's actually pollen on their bodies being moved, we think, yeah. from one flower to and the next one. And therefore pollinating. Um, I mean, you might think it's accidental, but then, I mean, the insects that fly around the place, they're not deliberately setting out to pollinate. They're accidental too. They have other uh, items on their agenda. Absolutely. And of course, this is all evolutionary. And, you know, the fact that these frogs, actually, when you look at the picture and you see the frog crawling into the flower, they're amazingly well adapted to fit together. You know, there mm. is space for the frog to get in. And certainly the, the, the pollen is in the place in the flower that it will rub off on the frog's body. So I think it's just, again, you know, the more we learn about nature, there's more of this amazing stuff going on. That, that Now, this is a frog uh, that may be deliberately or accidentally uh, pollinating. Are there other creatures, unexpected creatures that might be pollinating? I mean, we, we have heard about pollinating rats and cockroaches and lizards, but but really most of the pollinators that we have are insects. So, so but but this is it's just pushing our understanding again. Now you want to mention no mow may, which is don't mow your lawn until uh, some of the flowers have have gone past their exactly. Best. So this is an an initiative from the charity Plant Life, and it really is just emphasising how those Irish wildflowers that come out in our lawns, like dandelion and clovers, which I think as gardeners sometimes we feel they're very messy and we mm. should just mow them mow them away. They're such an important early food source for our own native pollinators. They come out very early, and they'll actually flower all the way through the, the summer. And actually, coming coming back to the evolutionary adaptation, the flower of the dandelion is very simple. It's not adapted to just one insect. So for that reason, it's great for all the pollinators, whereas some other flowers that we might get, some blossoms, are really only suitable for some insects. So, And, and the thing about uh, the threat to pollination, we would think that maybe insecticides and things like that, but you would maintain that it's a lack of food can do for them. Lack of food seems to now be a huge issue and it is again because of manicured landscape, urbanisation of our landscape. There's just less, uh, you know, fewer flowers, you know, fewer plants everywhere. Um, so, so really, you know, just being able to leave your lawn or if you can't tolerate it, I have to say in our house, it's a bit of a toss up between the football um, and the, <laughs> the pollinators. So we went half and half with our lawn. Um, but if you can tolerate keeping your lawn or even a portion of it with the wildflowers in it, the pollinators really yeah, appreciate and it. even if you didn't mow the lawn, the footballers would do for the, the wildflowers <laughs> anyway. True. All right. true. So uh, anyway, no mow may if you can. And even if you can't tolerate the entire lawn, uh, a small patch and make sure you encourage the flowers for Absolutely. the pollinators. Uh, Ruth, thank you very much for joining us. Dr. Ruth Freeman, uh, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.